consideration when like for a house, for example, how much are, are you able to afford versus how much you're able to qualify for? Those numbers are not necessarily the same. So you may be able to qualify for a $500,000 house, but you may only be able to afford a $300,000 house. That's a, that's a very important distinction to make too. And like what you were saying, if you, if you have, when you're considering the payback, are you considering paying back your, your full balance at every month, which you absolutely should, or are you considering the minimum payment? And if you can just make the minimum payment, you don't realize that you're carrying these loads and loads of debt that's just accruing month on month on month. And I say this from experience. I've been there when I was young. I made these mistakes. So I'm speaking just for myself personally. There's three roles that are absolutely paramount. Uh, I get there's a lot of people that wouldn't though um, that or would rack up credit card debt and don't quite understand exactly how much debt they have because I think that's another interesting thing is people open another credit card and then open another one and then don't kind of really consolidate all their debts into one place to really understand how much debt that they're living with there's but Alan oh you go there's an go important for it. consideration when like for a house for example how much are, are you able to afford versus how much you're able to qualify for? Those numbers are not necessarily the same. So you may be able to qualify for a $500,000 house, but you may only be able to afford a $300,000 house. That's a, that's a very important distinction to make too. And like what you were saying, if you, if you have, when you're considering the payback, are you considering paying back your, your full balance at every month, which you absolutely should? Or are you considering the minimum payment? And if you can just make the minimum payment, you don't realize that you're carrying these loads and loads of debt that's just accruing month on month on month. And I say this from experience. I've been there when I was young. I made these mistakes. So I'm speaking just for myself personally. It's a really good point. So how would you then um, assess that? So how would you say, because, I mean, you go to the bank and the bank says, I'm going to lend you... 500 exactly let's use your numbers five hundred thousand dollars for your house um and as you say we can only technically afford three hundred thousand dollars but how do you make that assessment when the bank is saying yeah i think you're good for it i'll go for it what's the thing people should be looking out for risk-wise well i think there's an element of self-awareness right so the so the bank is looking at your history they're projecting they they don't want the bank never wants to take back the house. They don't want to foreclose on a property. They don't want to have to chase you down for money. They don't want to have to try to get you out of a property. They don't want to do any of that stuff. So they're, they're going to be conservative enough in their underwriting. And the spread probably wouldn't be something to the effect of 500 and 300. But, but for, for the sake of example, if, if somehow or another you were, you were approved because you qualified, you know, your personal assessment has to say, you know what? We're planning on getting married in six months. We're planning on having a baby in the next 18 months. We're planning on going on vacation over the next, you know, sometime in the next three months. Um, my, my parents are getting older and I may have to take care of that. You know, there's a lot of X factor things that don't go strictly into the formula of underwriting a deal and saying you qualify specifically based on your income. You have to consider your lifestyle variables and other types of, you know, X factor things that might come up. And that's what that's the personal responsibility where I think is unfortunate that we don't educate people financially and certainly not in the U.S. and in most places that um, 
that people don't have that that consciousness, that self-awareness to realize that those are all factors that they have to consider. I think that's a really good point. Um, uh, MK, I will come to you shortly. I noticed you've just joined stage, but Alan had a question first. Alan, do you want to ask your question to Brian? Uh, Thank you very much, Ness. Uh, Brian, uh, I'm a big fan, and uh, I did read through uh, that, that long thread you created on Twitter on credit score and how you've managed to bring it up to 800. Uh, I guess in my situation, um, I don't have any uh, consumer, like personal debt or whatever they call consumer debt. I usually only use uh, debt on, uh, on the business. Now, about two years ago, because I don't have, I don't borrow usually on a personal, I decided to start building my credit. I live in Canada, which it's a little bit different from US, but there's a lot of similarities. Like we use Equifax, uh, TransUnion, ClearScore, so they are very similar. Uh, so I started building my credit score and somebody told me that all I had to do was to do a couple purchases a month and do two payments a month, then it will grow. So I went from 620 to 730-something, and I was able to get uh, a line of credit and, a credit, uh, and a, a credit card on my business. The issue now I'm having is I'm using that line of credit and that credit card for the business because that, that's why I needed it, but it's personally guaranteed in a sense, so it's showing up on my personal credit, and now my credit is back down to 680-something. So what are the ways or what are the things I can do to bring it up while I'm using this credit for the business purposes? Okay, so let me just try to clarify what you're saying. Your, your individual credit was doing well. You opened up a line of credit for a business, but it was a personal guarantee, which it's going to be until you reach a, a very high level of um, economic status. So it's going to be personally guaranteed, but it you know, it. I, I can't say should or shouldn't. Now, let me get to say this again. I'm not a financial advisor. I do not give financial advice. I can only talk to you from my experience. And um, with regards to, and I'm not the credit score you know, expert specifically either. Um, but if that's the right understanding, what you're saying is that the, your, your debt that you're taking on for your business, because it's personal guaranteed, is reflecting in your personal credit score. Is that is just to? I just want to set the stage. Yeah, is that that's, right? that's correct. It's it's reflecting, and uh, I believe if I remember, they told me it would be about a couple of years, and then it, it will stop reflecting. In meantime, is there anything I can do uh, to keep bringing it up, or is there some tips, tricks, or whatever you can share? Well, I can I can talk to you about a couple of things that I did, but to answer your question a little bit differently, um, I would ask. One, I, I'm certainly not familiar with Canadian situation or even, like I said, within the U.S. But um, there, there's, there is an element where people need to consider exactly what a credit score is for and how much effort and energy they want to put in towards maintaining a particular score. So, for example, if you don't need to capture debt right now, if you're not looking for uh, to purchase a house or another vehicle or get debt on your business or a personal loan. If you're not looking for any of that, then your credit score to some extent doesn't really matter, right? It, it'll only actually matter when you, when you're looking to, for someone to measure your risk worthiness. So of course you don't ever want it to, to be too low. 
because that's what people are going to judge. It's just kind of been the standard measure, right? Um, but if you're looking for like, man, I how to get the thing that's confusing to me is I'm not sure why it's reflecting on your personal statement. So that I don't really have an answer for that because I understand that you have to personally guarantee, but the the debt there should be some separation of debt. And and here I believe that there is. I've never had much of an impact on my personal credit and my business credit. They're separate. So it might have something to do with the way your entity is set up. It might have something no, to do it with was, the state law. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I understand. It was a surprise because it's incorporated. So it's not even like I'm a self-employed. But yeah, anyways, like the biggest thing I wanted to learn from you is how you grew it back to 800 because uh, I found that like very interesting. Oh, yeah, sure. So for me, um, the, the quick story is when I was on in college, um, I'm not sure if any of you guys are at university or whatever, but they're very predatory. And the credit card companies are out there all the time. And they're like, hey, you know, here's a credit card. You can go do this and go do that. And it's basically like, you know, this is a long time ago. Now I'm, I'm old. Uh, I was in college. You know, there was like there was like one computer or one one computer lab for like three dorm rooms. This is when I was in college, okay? So it's not like I had a computer in my phone to just look up like, what are these guys doing on my campus? But they are predatory regardless, right? They're salesmen and they're going to be out there. So in my world, I was like, oh, this is like deferred money. I can, I can give people, I can get the things I want if I give people this piece of plastic. And then at some point later, I'll have to give them, I guess the money, that's fine, but I don't have the money right now, but I can just give them this piece of plastic. Like I just didn't have an, even an understanding of what the credit cards were. And by the way, I studied finance, just so you know, it's, it's not even that that's the, the thing. It's just, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky game. It's a tricky game. So no one who, who anyone who's confused about this, believe me, you're, you're not alone. Um, so I went into a lot of debt and I was also paying my own way through school. So I had student loans as well. And, uh, it, at some point I, I, I don't remember. And honestly, it had to be a few years before this. There were two major, major realizations that I had with regards to money. And the first one was with the credit cards. When I realized the amount of interest that I was paying on the credit cards. And I started to actually apply it instead of, because I was the minimum payment guy. I would just make the minimum payments and, you know, then they wouldn't send me to debt collection or something. Uh, and after a while, I started actually looking at the statements. And it was like, you know, whatever it was at the time, it wasn't as crazy as it is now, but it was something like 13% or 15% or something like that. And I was like, wait a second, I'm carrying 15% like I'm paying them to just let me pay today instead of paying, you know, tomorrow or saving up for three days and then going and then going to spend or or just taking cash from the bank and using that. And when I when I when it clicked for me that there was this interest that was happening, I was like, oh, no, this is this isn't happening. I'm not going to keep the, I, There's no way I'm going to keep paying, you know, visa or whatever to to carry interest for me. Um, I just need to be smarter about my payments. And that was the first thing. It was just, it was just learning about money and learning, um, you know, what interest is and what the minimum payment actually means and calculating if I just made the minimum payment and nothing else. And even if I didn't take on more debt, 
how long would it take me to pay this off? And how much, let's say, you know, was a hundred dollars of debt, I'd be paying them $190 and it would take me some, you know, amount, I don't know, two years or whatever. I'm like, that's insane. That's so crazy. And when it, when it kind of snapped in my head, just the realization of, of what was actually going on, I said, oh, no, this, ain't, this isn't happening anymore. So, and then that was it. Then I, then I just went on a mission. I got rid of all my credit card debt and I haven't had consumer debt. I haven't carried consumer debt. I use credit cards all the time, but I haven't carried any, meaning I haven't paid interest on any in I, probably more than 15, 20 years. So what are, what are the best way you use your credit cards? Do, 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 you, do you use them like quite regularly throughout the month? How many do you have to carry? Is like somebody told me that's good to have two or three only maximum, but I don't know how true that is. Yeah, again, there's, there's a guy on Twitter. Um, let, me pull, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, there's a guy who's called like Points Pro or something. Um, if anyone is on the, if anyone can search points pro points guy, credit card points guy, the points guy, there it is. Okay. So if anyone wants to put this in, um, I don't know how active he is anymore, but it's his, his Twitter was the points pro. I think that's him. The, uh, T H E P O I N T S P R O. Now the, the, there's people out there like this and they talk a lot about credit cards and it's like how to get all the bonus miles and how to do this and how to, you know, this guy, I remember, I think this is the same guy. When I first started learning about credit card management, he would do something like he would book, um, first class tickets that were refundable on some airline. He would go out to JFK, which is uh, the airport in New York. He would go out to JFK and use the uh, the first class international like travelers lounge, and spend the whole day there because he would go at like six a.m. spend the whole day there. The flight was at nine p.m. and then he would just cancel the flight at the end and get the money back. Right, so like he was doing things like that, and this was again many years ago before like you can just get Wi-Fi at Starbucks, right? So there was a there was value to like going to the international lounge and spending the entire day there. Um, now. That, that's not necessarily answering your question as to how many you can have and so on. But what I'm trying to get at is there are people who, who have a profession specifically based on this and they can give you like thousands of ways to manage the actual credit card. My answer is, is I'm going to go back to what I said right in the very beginning because it's the way that I view it. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not the expert here. The way that I view it is that when people are looking at your credit score, what do you need debt? You need debt to live life one way or another. Maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have to use a credit card, but maybe you want to try to get the points, try to do things like this. They give you these incentives, remember, because they want you to default. They want you to not make the month's payment at the end, right? That's why they give you these incentives. They give you these incentives, which by the way, a lot of places are taking off now because they're charging you 3% to use your credit card. And you know, your, your points are less than 3% anyway. So the, the, the use case for it is becoming obsolete in some cases, but you know, they give you these incentives because they want you to carry debt. And most people will, because then right away, 15% versus 3% in the first month, it's worth it for them. Um, what I was getting at was though, if you, if you look at credit from, 
from a 30,000 foot view and say, why do I care about my credit score? Well, you care because at some point you want someone with money to be able to trust that you can manage money. That's essentially all it is. And the, and you, you build up your credit score so you can have some metric that you can say, here, look, FICO, based on my 10-year history or two-year history or 50-year history, can attest to the fact that I can manage money properly and manage debt properly more so, manage debt properly. So that's that's a 30,000-foot view, right? So is getting two credit cards and paying them off each month better than getting three credit cards and paying them off each month? I don't know the answer to that. Is it better than getting five credit cards and paying them off each month? I don't really know the answer to that either. There are elements of saying you want to have length, like like uh, the first guy we said earlier, like the length of credit. Me at 45 is going to be, you know, having an 800 credit score is better than someone at 20 having an 800 credit score, if you can even get it that age. Because they're going to, if, if I have, uh, let's say, a credit card that I've had since college, you know, I have almost 30 years of credit without a late payment or default or anything like that. They're like, all right, well, you know, if we if we have to choose between two people, we're going to choose this person who has that length of credit. So to, to try to answer your question the best I can, I don't I don't know which how exactly each one of those little ticks matters. I just look at it like, how do I make sure that I stay in good standing for myself personally, but then also for the opportunity that I would need someone to assess my financial history and say, this person has proven that they're well enough to manage risk. So we will take a bigger chance on them than we would have on someone else otherwise. And we will give them a more favorable rate than we would for somebody who would be more risky. You and I go for the same loan. They might give us both a $50,000 loan you're going to get a 9% rate. I'm going to get a 4% rate. There's a big difference there. Uh, and I'm not saying you and I, Alan, I'm, I'm just saying, in, you know, two people, two individuals. No, I get it. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers, uh, you know, specifically, but hopefully it gives some context to my perspective. It, it does, but I was going to ask again, uh, you did mention someone on Twitter who does talk about this quite a bit. If there's a way to reshare that, that would be awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Brian, if you want to pin one of his tweets up, you're more than welcome to. Um, I am going to jump to MK, who's been waiting patiently with his hand up there. Hi, MK. Welcome to the stage. Hey, Nessie. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to be a part of this forum. Uh, it's a it's a topic that is very dear and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very interested. So I've been listening uh, and, and I think Brian has... Uh, very well covered, uh, you know, the, the questions that are asked. I just wanted to add to those just to summarize a few points. Again, uh, you know, like Brian said, you know, I'm also not uh, affiliated with any credit bureaus or I don't, um, you know, really know the, the backend mechanics, logics or algorithms for credit. But uh, I actually moved from India to U.S., back in 2012 and got introduced to the concept of credit score and credit uh, worthiness. And I think, um, you know, I have a journey which I think I can share. And that's why I thought it will be good to just, just share my learnings from a, a credit uh, you know, score perspective. I think just to simply put what, what credit score is a reflection of 
how responsible you are as uh, somebody uh, who would borrow money and uh, lenders would like to give uh, money to people who are financially more responsible and like brian mentioned earlier the more responsible you are uh, the better or the higher scores you will have and the better deals you will get for example if you want to go uh, you want to uh, buy a car you go to the dealership they will ask you for your um, you know social security number to run your credit and if you score upwards of 750 you know you're going to get uh, a significantly better rate for example you know maybe 4% but if you're somebody who falls in the credit ranges of under 600 then you'll probably get a credit uh, you know interest rate of about 8% or 9% so i think that's what the credit score plays the role it it lets borrower it lets uh, the lender know how financially responsible you are and then accordingly offer you rates uh, the factors that play a critical role for uh, the the lenders to decide uh, and the credit companies to to arrive at your scores are i think the first one is you know payment history uh, i mean they want to look at if uh, this person borrows is this person making timely payments or not is he sticking to his commitments of making payments in a timely manner or not that's i think the, one of the most important factors um, how responsible are you in meeting your payment schedule okay uh, i think the other big important factor that comes to play is amount owed uh, so you know i'll give you my example when i moved to the us uh, i wanted to get a at&t uh, phone line and <clears throat> when i went to the at&t store they said oh you know you don't see any we don't see any credit history for you so we can give you a prepaid connection so you can use this prepaid connection you know keep making your payments uh, you know uh, a prepaid but until we see your credit history we won't be able to offer you a a, a line okay so then i went to my bank i asked for a secured credit card they gave me a secured credit card where they you know i had to put some money down and then they gave me a credit limit for that same amount and i kept making those payments and in about a year's time there was a credit history for me and then they said okay you know your credit is established now you can go ahead and and get, you know get the uh, line of credit uh, initially they gave me a credit limit of $1500 but you know today uh, i can simply say that across all the different cards that i use or the lending that i have uh, the borrowing that i have it's upwards of uh, 100k plus so it's of it's a factor of uh, time now when i go and ask for loan from uh, from any any place let's say if i want to go buy a car right when they look at my credit credit score they they see that this person has uh, used up the credit to the tune of about um x dollars uh, it could be you know $30000 in a car loan or $40000 in a car loan which the person has taken and paid back right so what's the highest amount or what's the biggest amount that this person has taken and is being able to pay back so i think amount owed is another important factor and 
in that how responsibly this person is is making payment uh, you know you take a loan of $1500 and you could make the payments in a timely manner but if you take a loan of $20000 and you default then your scores are going to get impacted so i think amount owed is is another important uh, factor third is credit history in terms of time how long have you been holding your credit history is it a two year credit history that you have or is it a 20 years credit history has and i think brian briefly touched about it as well somebody who's at 20 will not have a very uh, long credit history versus somebody who's at 40 years they should they would be able to have a longer time frame in their credit so i think length of credit history is another important factor and then you know the other important factor is how often do you go out and seek credit like there could be somebody who would be you know uh, requesting new credit cards or buying new things on credits you know keep looking for new credit sources you you got a credit card you maxed it out now you're going to another uh, bank to ask for another credit card if you keep doing that often you know it dings your score it brings your score down because the le- the lender then thinks that oh this person keeps opening new credit account but is not making payments on the old ones right or is just making minimum payments but not able to make the the full payment right so that has another impact on your uh, credit score as well i'm just going to quickly pause here and see if anybody has any questions and are able to follow no this makes so much sense i think this is this is really helpful um explaining this and i agree with you i think what both yourself and brian have said is very clear like be careful what you're what you're bringing from a loan standpoint and don't overextend yourself and not only that don't max out and then not pay pay back and i think brian i think you nailed it when you said you were paying 15% and you that's just to keep the credit card open with that debt continuing that's crazy and then as soon as you got smarter at kind of paying that off on a regular basis your credit score went up significantly And MK, I think you're kind of saying something completely similar, and you're also explaining, which is really helpful, especially for myself, and because I've moved countries multiple times. I, as you can tell, I've not got an Australian accent, but I live in Australia, and I've moved all the slowly across the world. And I think it's really important every time you move to a new country, you do not get you start from scratch on credit rating. So this is really helpful. So interestingly, uh, Nessie, if I were to share my personal experience, I used to live in US. I lived in US uh, for like almost uh, eight or nine years, and then I had to move to Canada um, for a couple of years. Now, when I moved to Canada, although it is very similar to US in a lot of sense, right? Uh, when I went to get a credit card, um, they wouldn't give you a credit card if you're not a like if you're not like a permanent resident they don't easily give it to you what really helped me is that i had um, an american express credit card in the us which i had used responsibly for the time frame that i was in uh, in us and i had a credit history on the american express for i think 6 to 7 years when i moved to canada and i went to american express they issued me a credit card in canada based on my <clears throat> us american express credit card and uh, they were able to uh, give me a good limit on that i think i almost had a 15000 dollars 
if I remember it correct, uh, Canadian dollars uh, credit limit without any um, security or any 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 money that I had to put down. So I think, and I got to know of this from one of my other colleagues who had moved there from US. So I think, you know, maintaining your credit uh, and having a good credit history is, is so important because it comes and it, it gives you so many different benefits if you use your credit responsibly. You know, somebody at a very early age told me that you should use your credit card if you have twice the money in your bank account uh, to pay that off. And I know it's not always possible that you can maintain it, but that's something that that's one learning that has stick by me to a always, always, you know, aim to use your credit card only when you have double the money in your bank account that you can pay off at any given point in time. You should only use your credit card to take advantage of free money and always aim to make full balance payment at the end of your uh, statement time frame. If, if you can't do that, then do not swipe that plastic because it's going to come back and haunt you and banks are not going to leave you. Uh, they're going to make your life miserable one way or the other. There's, 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 there's three rules that are absolutely paramount.